you need to be able to do the right thing even when there's nobody standing over you making sure you're doing your job. So you have to be able to put forth your best effort and know that you're doing your best with your teammates for the mission of the company that you work for. And at the end of the day, when you put your head down on that pillow, you wanna know, I gave an honest day's work for an honest day's pay. Welcome back to the Work From Home Forever podcast. I'm your host, Don. And on this episode, we've got a little something new. Uh, This is the first time we've had a Work From Home Forever couple on the show. So we've got Mary and Tim on the show. So Mary and Tim, welcome. Can you please tell us about your Work From Home Forever story? Hi. uh, Sure. I'll start. Uh, I'm Mary Tepes. And I've been working um, in the tech industry for about 17 years now. I started out with a small startup and uh, ended up working remotely with them toward the end, you know, via VPN and that whole bit. And, uh, And then started doing a little bit of consulting after I'd left that company. And through the consulting I found a company looking for a database manager, started working with them and uh, ended up being a Salesforce admin through an implementation uh, in the company, transitioning out of a database, um, Microsoft Dynamics into Salesforce. And so that kind of started me on my Salesforce journey uh, where I am now actually working for Salesforce uh, through an acquisition. Our consulting company got um, acquired two years ago. So I work for Salesforce now, the mothership. But uh, yeah, I, I've been working from home for probably a good 10 years out of that 17 in the tech industry and, and have enjoyed it tremendously. And I am her husband, Tim. Uh, I have really only been working remotely since the beginning of COVID. I was working uh, in the financial tech industry at the time. Um, They they said, uh, hey, we need to flatten the curve, grab your computers, head for home. And uh, I brought my computer home and that started my work from home forever career. I did that for about three years until I was able to make a transition into Salesforce. Uh, Did a lot of schooling and learning and eventually was hired by a nonprofit as their Salesforce administrator. Uh, they're based out of uh, Washington, DC, and I live in Montana. We, we live in Montana, so able to work remotely from here and, and the whole staff is remote. So it's uh, it's been a wonderful, wonderful thing. I've been able to watch my wife work remotely, work from home, and um, it's it's been good for our family. And it's uh, it's been a dream to be able to also uh, take part in the same uh, opportunities that she has. So it's been a, been a good good time. That's awesome. So welcome again on the show. Thank you for being on. Let's touch on that. So I know in the survey, so Tim, you, you talked about your work from home start uh, came a little bit later, right? It was it was because of the pandemic, not, not that different from so many others who started working from home. But what was interesting is you talked about your early years as a 911 dispatcher and how you were, you know, can you talk about how your relationship dynamic changed when you found a remote work opportunity after so many years going in the office and, and whatnot? Well, you know, it was, it was difficult. We have a, a family of four. We have two boys. Um, our youngest son has autism. And so when Mary was able to work remotely, that really helped us. When she worked from home, she could watch over our son. Uh, I worked at the 911 center uh, for, I worked graveyard for 25 years. I was a 911 dispatcher and supervisor for the last 13 years. So I would sleep at night and, or I would sleep during the day. Mary would work during the day. And so she was able to watch the kids while I was sleeping and we were all together in the home. And then uh, I would be able to go to work at night and she was still there with the kids. So it was a, a really good mix to be able to work from home for her. And then for me to see that as a, you know, pie. unfortunately in the, the 
work that I was in, there's no way that you can say, okay, I'm, I can take my 911 job home with me. You know, there's <laughs> too much technology in the center and, you know, sure. it just wasn't going to happen. It was always the dream for everybody that was a 911 dispatcher. But as things would go, I thought the only way out of that was to move into a different industry, which I did. Okay, good. And you talked a little bit about being able to spend time with the kids and the flexibility. So that, so that was, that was important. Can you talk about, you know, Mary, when you were going into an office, you know, how was that home dynamic with the kids, you know, when you had to go to an office, commute, come back and, and manage the, the household and work with the kids and the family versus, you know, when you transitioned fully remote. So, you know, 10 plus years ago. Sure. So um, it was it was a crazy, you know, you get your kids ready for school, you t- drop them off at school, you go to the uh, you go to the office and you you pray you never get an, a call from the school, you know, so like you're, you're always watching for the school number to pop up on your office phone because uh, then, you know, then it interrupts his sleep and we never wanted that. And then um, I thankfully had at least some flexibility to be able to go pick them up from school and take them home and then go back to the office. It's a, a fairly small town. So uh, it, it worked out fairly well most of the time. But of course, you know, there's always that wrench and it was stressful on many occasions, but we made it work. And when we say we made it work, it mostly ended up being that Tim didn't get any sleep. Yeah, there was so many so many days that, you know, especially during summer, kids are out of school, Mary's at work. Uh, I would get off work at six in the morning and come home. And when the kids were little, you know, they want to run around and play and they don't understand why daddy is uh, tired at, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning. But I would just kind of lay there on the couch and let them do their thing. And I try to doze a little bit, just make sure they don't burn down the house. But by the time that Mary came back from the office at, at, you know, three, four in the afternoon, then I may be able to get a two hour nap before I go into work and do it all over again. So those are really difficult times, but shift work for anybody is is difficult and you just kind of have to make that work. You know, you compound onto that, having a, um, a job in public safety where you see a lot of death and destruction, that's difficult. And then you're trying to raise young kids. It's uh, everything was just right there in front of us. So being able to work from home just really opened up the door to be able to do more things, to be able to support each other, spend more time with our kids and not be exhausted all the time. Yeah, I can certainly appreciate that. I mean, I, growing up, you know, my dad worked nights. I think uh, I think he was like three to 11, three to 12 guy and my mom worked days. So I remember there were plenty of times where my brother and I would be home and dad be trying to get some sleep and we were kids, you know, we we're trying to play and have fun. Unfortunately, my dad also had a temper, so it did. It sounds like you're a lot cooler about it than uh, than my dad was with us. But um, but yeah, no, I I appreciate you know that it's, it's a I want to say a weird family dynamic because a lot I think a lot of people live that life, you know, mm-hmm. and the fact that uh, you were able to both transition from hustle and bustle of commute, dealing with the stress of work hustling back home and and trying to you know make dinner and and get the kids homework and and spend time with them right it's, and get to know them as people yeah it's, it's uh, so i'm glad you're able to find that balance right and and through working from home yeah it's you know a lot of parents you know give up a lot and make a lot of sacrifices for the benefit of their kids and their family and uh it's one of the good reasons when if you can work from home then your quality of life is better mainly because you are there to do a load of laundry or make sure your kids aren't stabbing each other or taking care of your animals and still focusing on your work, which is great. And I learned to cook very quietly. Like (laughs) I learned how to put those pots onto the stove and not make a single sound. It was, you know. (laughs) While while I was trying to sleep. Like in my house, it's probably been, uh, you know, if we figured out how to turn off the the, the beeps on the microwave, right? That'll be our right. microwave. Yeah, and the kids did not get any toys that made noise. There's no drums. There's no le- electronic toys. We just, when the battery died, we'd say, oh, it's sorry. Broken. It's right. broken. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it's time for other kids to enjoy it. <laughs> so, Mary, you talked in, in, in the survey in 2016. So, you left a tech company. You had more of a hybrid role and mm-hmm. understand just from uh, from, you know, 
how how your family works, you certainly wanted to find a, a fully remote job. So how was that search for you? If you can kind of think back to to that and you know, were there opportunities you passed up because I need to have this fully 100% remote job? Well, the funny thing is, is I was contracting with this one company that they were, they needed this help with their database. And I had this other company locally say, oh, you would be perfect. We need you to, to do this, this job for us. And I hadn't really been looking just yet. And my husband and friends had said, oh, you have to do this job. It's great. I'm like, but I don't want the commute. I don't want the commute. And they're like, but, you know, God said, you know, you need to do this. If it's just dropped in your lap, you really should do this. And I'm like, oh, I really just don't want the commute. And and this long commute she's talking about was about 20 minutes. (laughs) I'm terrified. We're we're very, very much spoiled. We're very spoiled. But um, so I, I took the position in, uh, for the commute against my better judgment. And so I had to tell the, cl- the client that I was working on, I said, I will finish the, 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 the database, you know, cleanup okay. for you, but that I won't be able to do any more. And I started this other position and the database company said, oh, well, what if we hire you? And so they hired me at a much higher salary than the company locally because they were out of Washington state. And so they hired me at out of, so I worked at the company locally for three days <laughs> and, and, I had, and then I gave my notice and I, and so I wasn't actually, I was looking for a remote, but I, I wasn't like, I wasn't set on remote. And that's how it worked. It was, it was, it was so fun. It was um, definitely a, a, a wonderful blessing. Yes, a wonderful blessing to to have them. And that set me on the path to where I'm at today. Oh, that's great. And I, I think it's interesting, right? Like right now you you hear a lot of the return to office de- debates, right? Like uh, you see a lot, of, a lot of companies that are pushing to have it back. But then in the example you just had where, you know, you did a great job, you were able to do it remotely for with the contract, you know, mm-hmm. database a- admin or database project that you took on. That like once you find great people and you know you can trust them that they can do it at home they can they maybe maybe they do it in asynchronous time they do it at their own pace who cares if they have to go put you know a change of laundry in or maybe have to go with their elder parent to a, a doctor's appointment if they get the job done and they meet their time commitments i mean how great is that you know and, and you're not gonna let that talent go so that's awesome for you that it's uh, you know unfortunate for that local company that uh they got three days worth of work, but uh, you know, great for you in the long run. It was, yeah, and it, it did break Mary's heart because the the owner of a local company is she just was a, very sweet, very sweet, and uh, and they really wanted to work with Mary, and Mary got along with everybody well, but it, it really it it boiled. It wasn't just money; it was the commute, and she really enjoyed working with that database. Uh, so, and that opened other doors for her for sure. to get her to where she's at now. So Timmy, you mentioned right now you're you're with a, a nonprofit organization, and how did you find them? Were you also searching for something that was strictly remote, or was it uh, an opportunity because it was in the field that you're in, and in, in you were able to negotiate uh, remote work? Like, I don't know if you can expand upon that. Absolutely. So, you know, working at the nine one one center, uh, probably the last couple of years that I was there, <clears throat> I just wasn't uh, wasn't having a good time. You know, I really loved my crew, uh, I loved helping people, but it it really takes a toll on you. They say uh, to be a 911 dispatcher, your first burnout is usually at year three and your second is usually around year seven. I was in 13. And in order to make it a full career and get a full retirement out of it, I would have had to work until I was, I think, 68 years old because I started at 38 and they want a full 30 years to get a full vested retirement, which is insane. Um, so I knew I wasn't going to be able to stick it out the whole time. Um, I'm sure my skills would have gone down uh, dramatically. As it turned out, I, I always turned to Mary and I saw Salesforce and they have a wonderful training program and a lot of resources. And I thought, you know, that's that's something I really want to do, but I never made time for it. And when I decided I was going to leave um, the 911 center, did a lot of prayer, door opened for me to move out. And I ended up getting a, a job with a local company in the financial, the fintech world. And, and it was a good job, 
I like the people that I work with, but there were a lot of um, mergers and acquisitions with that one company. I think we, we merged or acquired like 14 companies within a matter of two years. And during that time, I just kept thinking, I need to get back to Salesforce. I need to study. I need to get into it. This is what I want to do. There's so many great opportunities. And so I, I started, once I got home, especially, I really spent my, my time when I wasn't working because I was, I was all in for the whole workday. It was just go, go, go every minute, all the time. But whenever I found time after work or before work or on a break, I was jumping in and learning the system to the point where I, I was able to uh, pass my certification exam for Salesforce administrator. And then I put my shingle out and really networked through LinkedIn and um, tried to get a, a find a, a position. And then uh, a, a contact with Mary told her about a, a program through the U.S. Chamber of Commerce called Hiring Our Heroes. It's a veteran program, program for veterans, military spouses called uh, for Hiring Our Heroes, where they... They have a lot of different programs. One of them happens to be Salesforce, but they have other uh, technology-based uh, career paths and, and other paths as well. And I uh, applied and was able to get into that program where uh, it was a kind of a paid internship, a, a paid internship, a, a 12-week program with a company that uh, I worked with uh, through I think that Thanksgiving of last year. Um, with the um, the intent with all the with the company that hired me to intern with them, their intent at the end of it was to hire me full time. Hmm. But unfortunately, at the end of 2022, we had kind of a real big downturn in the economy, uh, and they were straightforward with me and said, you know, we're really sorry, but you know, our sales are really kind of drying up. We just don't have the work for you. So here it was. I had taken the leap. I had quit my fintech job spent three months uh, learning and training with a, a bunch of great people with this company. And then I was on my own again, unemployed through the holidays. I'm like, oh no. So here I am not wondering, not, not knowing what to do. Went back to my networking. I must've put in probably 75 to hundred applications through LinkedIn and networking and other places. We ended up going on vacation. We didn't, we didn't cancel our, our vacation despite not being able to work. And, uh, I had a, a number of interviews. We were actually in the Caribbean on a cruise ship, and I had a couple of final interviews, nice. and, uh, three, and uh, and two of the three companies uh, gave me a job offer while we were still out to sea, which is pretty special. Um, you got to so, go on vacation uh, more often. No kidding. <laughs> no kidding. But uh, it was great. The company that I work for, uh, the nonprofit, is Children of Fallen Patriots. It's the Children of Fallen Patriots uh, Foundation. The website is fallenpatriots.org. Uh, the mission, uh, well, the, the organization has been around for about 20 years. Uh, it was started uh, by David and Cynthia Kim. Um, David uh, is a West Point graduate, was uh, in the 7th Infantry Division. He was deployed uh, to Operation Just Cause down in Panama, and a soldier uh, in, uh, that, that he served with was killed in Panama, and he left behind a wife uh, who was pregnant. And um, David later uh, always thought about that unborn child, that daughter that never never knew her father and what she would do in life. And so he charted, he started the charity in order to be able to pay for college for fallen military service members. So children. The, the children, sorry, the children of the, the fallen uh, service members. So for any uh, service member um, that dies either in combat or during training, suicide, accidents, things like that, their, their children that are left behind, they do get some government uh, college, but not enough. And that's where the Children of Fallen Patriots come along and they're able to uh, pick up uh, the, the extra expense to make sure that those kids get the opportunity to go to college or trade school, uh, pay for living expenses, computers, things like that to make sure that they're successful. To date, 20 years in now, we're coming up on nearly $70 million that has been paid directly back to these young people in order to be successful in college. We've got somewhere in the neighborhood of 3,000 graduates, and there are probably well over 20,000 more um, that could use our help. So it's a great organization, great mission. I was happy to say yes to them and 
the, the, the greatest thing when I was, uh, after my interview and after I accepted uh, the job, I asked my boss, you know, hey, I don't remember applying for your, for, for this position. And, and they said, well, Tim, uh, you didn't, you know, we just had so many people come to us and say, you know what, check out this guy, Tim, I think he would be a good fit. And huh. lo and behold, they reached out to me and I interviewed and got a job that I didn't even know existed. And I'm just over the moon. It's just terrific. Uh, the power of uh, LinkedIn and networking, uh, it's, it's pretty amazing, huh? Very much so. Well, and, and thank you for sharing. Uh, we will uh, definitely share that y- your company, their mission on the show notes. I don't know if you guys have heard, but uh, we last season we had uh, Catherine, who was um, who is a military spouse. And actually on this season, we, we had a conversation with Katie, who's a military spouse. So certainly... Um, understand a lot of the challenges that uh, the military families from from moving from and even from an employment standpoint. So and then uh, you talk about uh, the children of, of those who've uh, given the, the ultimate sacrifice. It's uh, it's a great mission. Uh, so we certainly want to amplify and share because it sounds like you guys are helping a lot of people who who, uh, you know, to help them succeed in, in life. So that's that's great. Yeah, absolutely. Good. So, Tim, you, you did the math, right? If we talk about um the commute standpoint. So you did the math and you calculated that avoiding a daily commute saves you about 10,000 miles a year on your car and $2,500 in fuel and maintenance. So outside of the financial benefit, what are the other ways that you've gained value without, you know, through not commuting? Well, that's a pretty easy one. You know, anybody who uh, has to be a slave to a job and, and drive somewhere to it, you know, you wake up and you have to uh, prepare for the day. You're taking a shower. You're dressing in some nice clothing. You're making sure that you pack a lunch, eat your breakfast, or maybe have money in your bank account so you can eat out. And then you go ahead. You go ahead and you do your commute. Now, I, I I do say that when I was on in in that stage where I was commuting, you know, I I was active. You know, I'd listen to podcasts. I I would you know pray. I would uh, you know try to get the day straight in my head, or I would, you know, talk to my device and take notes. But yes, it was, it was long and it just seemed to be unnecessary. And going into the office, you're surrounded by people and, you know, I'm social. My wife and I are very uh, extra extroverted where, you know, you want to talk to people. How's your, how was your weekend? What are you doing tonight? You know, how's the kids? And it was, it was a lot more, um, a lot more social and less productive in the office. So you're, you you tack on an hour and a half, maybe at the beginning and maybe an hour and a half at the end. And then you remove a lot of that time that you are talking to people around the water cooler or break room or in a cubicle. And, and I just don't know that, that you're giving your full effort to your employer. And at the same time, you're losing a lot more quality of time that you could have at your home. My commute now is from usually my sofa to my home office, which is, you know, about maybe 18 seconds at the most. Uh, and that's if I go and I get another cup of coffee. Right. Sure. Um, so, I mean, yeah, there it's, you, you do give up quite a bit. My commute was very short here. When we lived in a big city, um, we, we moved to Montana from Las Vegas. And even in the middle of the night, when I worked nights, it was still an hour um, on surface streets to get to the my workplace. And so it was an hour there and an hour back. And it was, you know, aggravating road rage type traffic that I had to deal with. Whereas here in Montana, it's, you know, you watch out for deers, basically. <laughs> sure. Good. One of the things that uh, I've noticed, right, I follow you you guys on, on LinkedIn and, and Tim, uh, you shared some really amazing pictures, uh, places where you and Mary are working from anywhere. Um, how often are you working from the road? And can you tell us a bit about the setup when, when you're not in your home office? <laughs> well, the, the, uh, the best answer is we don't work enough on the road. Right. That is okay. the true yeah. answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. You oh, yes, that. fine. Um, so summers are short here in Montana. And right now we're only leaving during the summer uh, because we need to be here during the winter time to take care of the house and that sort of thing. So uh, we're just experimenting going out 10 days at a time just to see how it works. We have Starlink, which is fantastic. So we're looking for, we look for campsites that have electricity so that we can plug in, have a uh, Starlink. So we have a uh, 
clear skies. And we have two more camp or reservations this summer for longer periods of time. So this time it'll be like three, three this summer. And, you know, hopefully by next winter, we'll be ready to. Yeah, we, we bought a, we bought a nice travel trailer brand new years ago when our, our children were little and we've had a lot of time, a lot of fun going out and camping. Now we're looking at, since they don't camp with us that often, um, our ultimate goal is to be able to probably snowbird, mm-hmm. you know, leave Montana for, okay. for better way okay. down south and spend, you know, four to six months on the road uh, working uh, remotely. <clears throat> um, we rip the couch out and put a desk in. I wouldn't say rip. Well, so okay. a few weeks. We removed a few weeks ago. I, I unbolted the couch from our <laughs> from our RV and I built a desk. And now we have uh, two great workspaces side by side, similar to our home office, a little bit smaller. But it works splendidly. And to be able to um, go to a nice camp, uh, campground, oftentimes with friends, and know that we have great, strong internet and perform our, our work duties during the day, the only, thing, the only breaks we have there, typically we take our dogs with us, so we'll take our dogs out every so often for a walk. We're, we're very productive working from home when that home is at a campground. And then as soon as the day is over with, you know, we walk out to the lake. Uh, we can go on a boat. We can go for a swim. We can uh, sit beside the fire and read a book. You know, it's it's so um, authentically soothing just to be out in nature and know that you can go from perhaps a stressful uh, call-induced day where you're, you've got all these things thrown at you and know that, you know, uh, steps away, you can just be back out in nature, be surrounded by trees and rivers and lakes and so we get out as much as we can, but you know, hopefully, ho- hopefully within a year or so, we're going to be out on the road uh, at least half the year. Good. It sounds like a perfect uh, what you described is like a workation. You know, you you plug yeah. in, you do your work from eight to five or eight till whenever, and then you can hang out on the lake or hang out at the campground, and like I said, uh, all the all the fun stuff to enjoy enjoy your time. You know, your personal time. So. I think that that is almost the the future of so many jobs where people are working from home that it's going to turn into a remote situation where you ha- you see people in the, the class B vans that can uh, now that Starlink has a, a mobile version that you can actually use as you're driving down the road. Um, I think over the next 10 years, you're going to see a big shift to people working, either selling their house and hitting the road or just hitting the road more often. And being able to work wherever they want to go, it, it's it really does give that balance. We always said, you know, I I, I grew up in a family where you know, it was always that you know when we retire we're going to travel. We have friends when once they retire, that's what they want to do and mm-hmm. is travel. And we've said we don't have to wait. Now. We don't have to wait, and and I don't have to retire. I can work into my seventies. That's okay, you know. And and it's nice to be able to sit down and not. Um, and not hurt my body in, in a more manual labor kind of job because it's more tech. So I use my mind. And then when I'm off of work, either I work around on my property or if we're, we're um, traveling, then we're out walking and, and exercising, kayaking, doing things like that and staying in shape. Good. I know, Mary, you talked about Starlink a little bit. You mentioned clear skies. So I, I don't really know that much about it. I, I kind of Google it uh, ahead of time. I think I saw a, a recent LinkedIn post. Tim, where, you know, I think people were kind of debating Starlink. So I know this is not an official Starlink commercial here, but like, what, what are your thoughts, pros and cons? Is it, is, is it the right setup for you guys based on where you go, where you choose to go or what part of the country, you know, if you've got really good internet or maybe, you know, not as, as much, I mean, what, what are your thoughts on that? Sure. The, the internet, when we have it is great. So, and we have to have electricity just to run our computers. We're not going to run a generator all day. So we're limited to where we can go for electricity. The cell service in Montana is a little spotty. So that having a satellite internet works really well. We had talked about having several different hotspots to, to supplement if we needed it, but we haven't had to do that in our case. It's really fast download. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we get upwards of 150 megs per second. Sometimes it goes down to 75, but for the most part, we're, we're really consistent on video calls, video conferencing calls. We think it's a, it's a great setup for working remotely. Nice. Yeah, they're, they're, I guess I guess the negatives are that it can be pricey. Um, yep. They just they just uh, increased the prices uh, this year for the RV version. It's 150 a month. 
Uh, however, you, you start off by paying $600 one-time fee to buy the equipment, and then you pay 150 a month for the service. The nice part about having the RV version is you can turn that on and off. So for us, since we do have that short window where we're camping from, say, Memorial Day until maybe into the early fall, we may pay for four or five months worth of Starlink and then we turn it off. Uh, okay. We put it away, put it on a shelf, and we have zero dollars, zero payment for all the months that we're not using it. Yeah. So that does help us. But we think, you know, for $150 a month, if we can get out, you know, 10 plus days in a month, it's certainly worth it to us. It, it really does uh, free us from having to stay plugged in somewhere. The other good thing is, and I say plugged in, I mean like at home. The other nice thing too is that because cell service is kind of spotty, you would have to have multiple, mo most full-time RVers do have multiple hotspots from like Verizon and T-Mobile and, uh, so that they... and all of those. So depending on what part of the country you're in, you're pulling from the right cell tower. So you're saying with Starlink, you don't need that. You just have the Starlink. Yeah, and that's, 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 our, okay. that's really our only expense. We have to we have to have electricity, and, and which is good because that way we're we we are powering all of our equipment. And and you don't have to. If we invested money into solar panels and and lithium batteries and some other higher tech stuff, there are plenty of people that can go weeks without having to plug in. But yeah, we're not going to do that. We'll just keep it a little bit more basic. Right. We're we're a little bit more into the glamping side, not necessarily really hardcore out in the middle of nowhere. Okay. All right. Good. So I like electricity. <laughs> Good. Actually, one of the things I want to touch back on. So I think Tim or Mary, you guys mentioned that uh, you're you're starting to stretch some of these, you know, uh, trips a little bit longer and longer, and with the with the ultimate goal or one of the goals to uh, snowbird someplace warmer, right? Not Montana. What are what are those destinations have you guys talked about? You know, how far would you stretch yourself for for that snowbird experience? Yeah, we're we're hoping, um, you know, maybe uh, a year from November to honestly hit the road, and we'd like to just uh, maybe go to Arizona, Texas, uh, across the South. Um, we love to travel. We've been all across the U.S. We've been to nearly every state as it is with our family. Um, but we just want to be able to, We the ultimate would be to park someplace in a campground for a week, work there for a week, and then say Friday after work, pack up, and then spend a day or so to the next destination. And then by Sunday, make sure we're set up uh, have everything ready to go so that on Monday morning we're ready to start working again and there's no hiccups. And and we can just do that week by week by week and just travel all across the U.S. And, you know, after after work, we can go explore the area. Uh, if we find an area that we really enjoy, we maybe stay, stay a couple of weeks or longer. <laughs> that's um, the beauty of it. Just have no no real agenda. Mm -hmm. So that's that's the the hope. You know, we we um, we built a house about four years ago. We, we've invited a lot of family. We've got two, two children that are now adults now. We've also got extended family here uh, with us. So we want to make sure that they're all taken care of when we leave because we tend to be the, uh, the uh, overseers of everything. Uh, Mary's the cook and, you know, we troubleshoot everything and I'm the mechanic. And so we got to make sure that they're going to be set to be able to continue on if we're going to be gone for a long period of time. And you don't want to feel those calls and, uh, where do I find this? Or it's making this yeah, funny like, noise, right? You want to make yeah, sure the water it's, uh, heater just exploded. What do I do? Right, right, right. Right. I might call you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so Tim, you mentioned a little, a little bit ago, you talked about how you, I think unbolted the sofa and, and now you've got side-by-side -side desks. Uh, you, you made the comment that it's very similar to your setup at home. You mentioned that in um, the survey as well. So how do you guys maintain sanity on days where you've got a lot of stress at work and how do you just avoid taking it out on one another when you guys are, I'm picturing your setup where you guys are side by side, like you're in uh, you know, the next cube over. So how do you do that? You know, when it's your spouse and you obviously are very comfortable with each other and, and, you know, you get those bad days. So how do you guys stay sane? You would be surprised how many people ask us that because so many couples can't see themselves working this closely with their spouse, not only uh, in, uh, you know, in the same uh, space, but also in similar work environments. We're both working in the Salesforce uh, world. 
I see that as a benefit because we can both geek out on some of the same things. But Mary and I are our best of friends. Um, this Christmas Eve, we will have been married 30 years. Uh, oh, we love each other. Well, thank you. We love each other dearly. It, it hasn't always been great, but I mean, we have had a wonderful marriage for, man, so long. And I, it, this is just a dream come true for me and maybe for her. I don't know. I can't speak for her. <laughs> <laughs> but but we get along so well. Um, we travel well. We like to go and experience things. I mean, when we're apart from each other, we say, oh, man, I wish you were here. I wish you could see what I'm seeing here when I'm, you know, I have to go, I have to travel for work or something like that. It, the only, I guess the only negative is working so close. I, if we're both on, on conference calls at the same time where we, we have to engage, to one of us will typically pick up our computer and go in the other room. Right. Um, and, and on stressful days, you know, typically if I have, especially me, if I have a stressful day, he can tell that, you know, I just, I can't hand, I can't deal with things or whatever. And he'll, he'll tap me out. He'll tell me, go, go take a walk, go, go, go shopping, go, uh, go sit out on the deck, go do something, just, you know, go away. And then he'll take care of whatever else needs to be done. Uh, so he, he can kind of sense when it's been too much for me. So that's really good, but I don't see us ever taking it out on each other per se. I mean, we fight, I mean, we're not perfect. We fight, but I, not Speak for yourself, boys, whatever. Um, we, <laughs> we, we <laughs> but it's never work related fighting, you know, it's just nagging at each other here and there, but yeah. No, that's cool. That's like I said, I, when we were all at home, you know, my wife is a teacher. So that first bit of COVID, she pretty much spent that whole, you know, last couple of months of the school year together and, uh, or here at home. And that was, I think we, we found, we, we love each other, but I think we found out that we certainly can't work together, you know, not <laughs> in the same roof, at least not all the time. So that's no, great. That's not, great. Not that, every, uh, not everybody can, it, it can be, it can be very difficult. It can be very stressful. I, you know, I tell people, it's the whole reason we ended up having children. You know, we, we had children, so we had a common enemy. So we could be on the same side. <laughs> we can direct all our anger toward them. That's funny. That's good. <laughs> One of the things that stuck out to me is that you guys each provided great advice to others seeking a remote job. One of the pieces of advice was just to know your motivation behind it. And the other advice was to be intentional, intentional about sticking to your routine. So we talked a lot about, you know, the motivation, but what's a routine that's important to you as individuals and a routine that's important to you guys as a couple? Uh, so for me, especially getting up in uh, the morning and having my workout and, and, and having the conversation with the, the gals that I work out with helps me start my day. And, um, that and lots of coffee. Well, that and lots of coffee after the fact, it, it just, it starts your day on the right, on the right footing, not necessarily a routine during the day because you have meetings and, and all of that. So you have to, you have to just go with the flow in, in that respect. But, you know, after work, we, we do our, our yard work, our chores or whatnot. And it's just, it's important not to let work impede in your day-to-day at-home work because just because it's here, right? Sure. Because you don't want to be working into the the night just because you have a deadline. Yeah, one time Mary had a, a had a tech job that she had to support people on the East Coast and the West Coast, even over into Guam and I believe Japan, mm -hmm. India. So, I mean, she, her, her available hours had to be a lot. And even though she was able to, you know, only be available in the evening for a little bit here and there, it was always on the back of her mind. So it's nice to have those boundaries where you can say, okay, these are our, our work hours. And unless there's an emergency, yeah, we, we can have a life outside of work. We want to be flexible, but we also want to have some boundaries as well. Mm -hmm. For me, I'm, I'm a list guy. I like to be organized. I know when I get up in the morning, have my coffee. Uh, I wanna, if I'm on the treadmill, I'm going to be thinking about what I have to do during the day. But then when I sit down, I want to I know what's in front of me and try to tackle as much as I can 
and get as much done as I can because at the end of the day, everything gets shut down and I want to be able to walk away. It will wait until the next day. Good. So I think you guys talked about the gym for, for Mary lists, coffee for everybody. So is that, is that oh. the couple's uh, routine? Is that uh, coffee for everybody? Well, and we, we always, we always have dinner together. Okay. Like we don't eat separately. Like I, I cook dinner every night and we sit down at the table and we have dinner because even if he's out in the, the yard working or, or whatnot, it's important that he comes in and has dinner and takes that break and, and we can talk and we can talk about what he's doing, what I've been doing and that mm -hmm. sort of thing. So we don't have to talk about our day because we sit side by side, but I just, it's, it's important for us to have a meal together in the evenings. Get, getting back to your, uh, your comment about, you know, um, I think it was Mary that put down on the survey about uh, check your motivation for wanting to work from home forever. Sure. Yeah. Um, it's funny that, that she wrote that probably over a week ago. And just in the last few days, one of our sons, he, who he has a very physical job now, uh, and he's 25 years old. He's, he said, I, I think I want to, I think I want to, uh, learn Salesforce. Uh, Salesforce has uh, a great hmm. free online training program called Trailhead. And so he had talked about it, I don't know, probably a couple of years ago. Um, but he just brought it up again now. And his mother, he asked his mother, he said, well, how come when I asked before you, you weren't very supportive of it? And she said, because you didn't have the right motivation. You, all you wanted to do was have a job where you could work from home. And that's not the right motivation. Your motivation isn't just to say, I want to walk, I want to sit in my pajamas all day and do as little as I can and collect a paycheck. No, there are people that do that. Um, work from home is not for everybody. We talked about it at the beginning. Um, I, I, I've seen coworkers that were not very productive. Um, in the back of my mind, they were probably sitting in front of the TV watching ESPN much of the day because that because they could get away with it. But if you have it in your heart that you want to still continue to be a good employee for your employer and you want to give it your all and you want to work from home, then you have to give the same 100% at home that you would in an office. And our son is now mature enough to where he not only wants to be able to work from home, but he also knows that he doesn't want to beat up his body in this manual labor job that he has. And he wants to give it his all. And he knows that if he gives a hundred percent into his training and learning, and he knows that it's going to take him over a year or more to learn uh, what Salesforce is and how he can benefit from it. Then eventually he may get a job that is a really good paying job that will get him his own house and, uh, you know, pay for nice things for his girlfriend and on and on. So his motivation, his motivation is it's certainly changed. better. It's changed. Mm -hmm. And, and anybody who does want to work from home, uh, if they have that same attitude and want to give a hundred percent and want to, uh, be part of a, a good team, then absolutely. That's the way to go. No, thanks for expanding on that, uh, the motivation piece. Cause uh, like I said, we, we talked about your, as a couple or an individuals, what your motivations were, but yeah, it's, it's a, uh, it's a good example too. Of you have to have the right mindset, right? Because to mm -hmm. your point, there's so many people that make remote work or working from home look bad, right? Because they are the people sitting and watching ESPN. They're not hitting the deadlines. They're not being good teammates. They're not helping, you know, their teammates succeed and, and, and driving, you know, driving the company forward. They're just sort of on the payroll, right? And sight unseen and, and they're just hanging out. But uh, this is, uh, no, it's, it's, it's really good. Um, I mean, you guys are certainly passionate and, you know, the type of people that uh, succeed in remote work because, you know, you're working, you know, you're, you're working hard for the business. So, you need to be able to do the right thing, even when there's nobody standing over you, making sure you're doing your job. So you have to be able to put forth your best effort and know that you're doing your best with your teammates for the mission of the company that you work for. And at the end of the day, when you put your head down on that pillow, you want to know, I gave an honest day's work for an honest day's pay. And Absolutely. that's that's the same thing that you would have in an office setting or if you are a mechanic out on the street or if you are a teacher in a classroom or a cop there's there's a there's a finite amount of positions you can honestly work from home forever and we we feel blessed that we are in an industry that we can do that and for those people that want to transition or they're in a in a, a workplace where they can do that uh, i say go for it but as long as you 
can check your heart, make sure you're doing it for the right reasons um, and, and give it your all, you're going to succeed. Absolutely. Well, Tim and Mary, so thanks so much for the time you spent with us. Uh, a lot of great discussion. Like for you're the first work from home couple, 30 years, I think you said, uh, coming up later on this year. So working side by side in, in life and, you know, in, in the, you know, workspace too. So that's, that's pretty awesome. So thank you so much for uh, telling us your story. Do you guys, yeah, thank you. Normally we would do the uh, rapid fire questions, but uh, I wanted to switch things up a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. All right. All right. So we're going to do something a little bit differently. So normally we'll do the rapid fire questions, but since you guys are our first couple here, we're going to, we're going to kick it old school. We're going to play a version of the newlywed game where we'll ask you a couple questions. You guys respond based on that and then we'll, we'll talk through your answers. So sound good? Fun. Yeah. Sounds great. Sounds great. All right. First question. Who takes more coffee breaks? All right. You guys got that one right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's definitely me. Definitely Mary. I will, I will empty that pot without a thought uh, yeah. that he hasn't had enough. Coffee. She doesn't understand if I can uh, start work and by 10 o'clock I haven't had a, a even a single cup of coffee. That just blows her mind. <laughs> She's usually has to have the first one and, and down it quickly and go to her second one within 15 minutes. <laughs> All right. Good stuff. Okay, question number two. Whose workspace is cleaner? Oh, you guys you guys did not match on that one, so let's hear it. I don't know. I, we, we both said that we, we both think that we have the cleaner of the workspaces. Um, he is me, both, so cluttered. I don't think I so. I think he's so cluttered. I clean mine up regularly. <laughs> I think I can probably grow some plants in the dust over on yours. <laughs> <laughs> you guys said earlier in the interview. You guys said earlier in the interview that uh, you fight like a regular couple. So here it is. Here's proof. Oh, there you go. I, I don't know that either of them are, are so um, dirty, other than they're cluttered with a lot of stuff. So it's not bad. All right, great. Question number three. Who distracts the other person more? Uh, wow, you guys uh, did not match on that one. Let's hear it. Well, you you have to expect that we're both going to think that the other person is more distracting. He's a newbie in the Salesforce world. He's forever asking me questions. How do I do this? Where do I find that? How do I do this? Oh, you're going there. I for am. Me, for me, she gets on calls and so often she'll either be leading the call or she'll be heavily involved. And with her headphones on, she is so loud, so loud. The neighbors uh, four acres away from us call and complain at how loud she is. I'm, I'm being facetious, but no, she is very loud and it, it can be very distracting. So anyway, I can totally see us both thinking the other person is annoying. Because we're not annoying. Of course no, not. Of course not. You know, all roads lead to narcissism. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because then you just took, you just answered uh, my, my fourth question there. I, I was going to ask you guys for question number four. Who is a louder person on conference calls? Oh, for sure me. I am so loud. I am there. so loud. Yeah. There you guys. There you go. You guys matched. Uh, it's a two, was it uh, two, two and two? Two, two or four. Yeah. 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 I think the other ones were just basically, you know, we, we don't want to believe we're the messy person or we don't want to believe that we're the annoying person, but we both know that, you know, after 30 years, we're both annoying. We're both messy, probably equal in both. <laughs> but it's your mess and your noise. So there you go. We, we, I love him anyway. yeah, we know how to, we know how to deal with it. So it's not a, not a problem. Well, Mary and Tim, you guys have been fun. This has been an awesome conversation to have with you guys. Uh, appreciate your time. Appreciate the good nature and, and taking part in the game as well. So how can people get a hold of you if uh, they want to connect with you guys and learn more about Salesforce or learn about Starlink or, or being on Life on the Road? LinkedIn for me, for sure. Yeah, LinkedIn is probably the best way to get a hold of us. Uh, certainly anybody can reach out to us, send us a private message or connect with us. If anybody wants to know more about Children of Fallen Patriots, you can go to fallenpatriots.org. Uh, you can check out Children of Fallen Patriots on LinkedIn. 
Uh, they got big, big, great social media presence on all different platforms and uh, just doing great work. So anybody that wants to know more about that, they can reach me as well. Definitely. We will link to your LinkedIn profile so people can get a hold of you and also to the organization Children of Fallen Patriots, which is uh, sounds like you're doing a lot of great, amazing work um, for, for the children of, uh, of, of veterans. So thank you so much for your time. And uh, yeah, I uh, can't wait to, for our listeners to hear this story. Thanks, Don. It's thank been you. a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. All right. Take care, guys. Thank you. Appreciate thank it. Thanks. Bye-bye. As host of the Work From Home Forever podcast, I get to meet with a lot of amazing people who are thriving in their remote careers. Today, I'd love to introduce Darlene Oliver, who's had a broad career as a business owner, mom, and now the founder of The Unconventional Businesswoman. She's coaching moms to transition to mom entrepreneurs. Darlene, what's the number one mistake mompreneurs make? Thanks for having me and for that question, Don. The number one mistake that could crash and burn your dream business before it even takes off is not leveraging your unique skills and abilities to build a business where you're the expert and the go-to in your industry. If you don't identify your key strengths and expertise, you aren't going to have the confidence to tackle the challenges that are sure to come up. You won't be able to instill trust in your customers or in yourself you will struggle with problems that you can't solve. You have to identify what your superpowers are so that you can build a business where you emerge as the go-to leader in your field and easily attract your ideal customers. I mean, what would it be like to have a business where you are the master of your niche, you're no longer overwhelmed or reliant on others, you're able to swiftly navigate the obstacles and to savor the success of your dream business? That's the power of identifying your unique skills and ability. And this is what helps you to build the right business for you. Now, so that your listeners don't have to waste precious time reinventing the wheel, I have created a free tool. It's called How to Avoid the Three Most Common Mistakes That Mompreneurs Make. And this is for anyone that wants to start a business, not just moms. And it'll help you to avoid the mistake that we just discussed and two others that commonly cause entrepreneurs to fail so that you can unlock your potential and create a thriving, profitable business faster and easier. So Don, I'll give you the webpage link and listeners can find me at mompreneurssweetspot.com. Just go enter your email and I'll send it right to your inbox. Thank you, Don, for asking that. All right. Thanks, Darlene. And we will put a link to that and people can get a hold of you. So thank you.